Today on Reverse the Post-Op Regain, we are discussing calorie counting and how it really fits into your daily lifestyle after weight loss surgery. There are usually two schools of thought that say, you know, calorie counting can be harmful, and I do agree with that, and I'll go into more detail. But also on the other hand, calorie counting can be really beneficial, and I'll explain why in this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. I'm your host, Saraya Nikwan, a weight loss surgery dietitian, and I am excited that you're here today. This podcast is for anyone struggling with nutrition and weight years after bariatric surgery. You might be feeling confused, overwhelmed, and not quite sure what your body needs after that first year post-op. This is where I can help you. Join me every week where you'll leave supported and motivated to take the next step in your nutrition journey. Thank you for being here with me today. Now let's get started. So firstly, I wanted to take a step back and really explain what is calorie counting. So you get those diets online that, you know, say track your calories or Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig's, and they usually use some form of calorie counting. One that I've come into contact a bit with my patients are the MyFitnessPal people that really have tracked their food and the internet said I need to only have 800 to 1200 calories per day to lose weight. And not only is that harmful for a generalized population view, but MyFitnessPal can increase the risk of disordered eating or calorie counting in general may increase the risk of disordered eating, particularly for the wrong population. Now, MyFitnessPal has always had the spotlight. And if you look it up, it has sort of had some controversy around it is because when you try to log a specific level or under a certain level, it tells you that you're not eating enough or it says you need to eat more. And I mean, this is an app and an app shouldn't really be judging what someone's eating after, you know, having weight loss surgery, trying to input and use their facilities to actually track their protein intake. And on the flip side, we have seen MyFitnessPal be a key driver for particularly teenagers and people who are vulnerable in terms of the disordered eating, eating disorder category, where they actually can trigger those thoughts of disordered eating and lead them down that road of mental health issues that then need to be resolved. So calorie counting does have a place and initially just off the bat, calorie counting has probably been something you've done in the past and may or may not have been successful with it. But there is a argument I would argue for the actual calorie counting to work after weight loss surgery and particularly in this context of weight regain And I will give you an example of a patient that I've come across recently where it worked really, really well. So I guess before going on any further, my disclaimer for this is is that if you've ever had any history of disordered eating or eating disorders in the past, this may not be the best route for you and to discuss with your health professional before proceeding further. I really wouldn't want this to do any harm or undo any habits or good behaviors that you have actually instilled in yourself in the years of healing after an eating disorder. So always take this with a grain of salt. You do need individualized advice rather than blatantly following what I do talk about on the podcast. Now, to those of you who are brand new, never calorie counted before, don't even know what calorie counting is, I'll break it down for you. So every single day, there's a certain amount of energy that we need from our food. Now, what makes up that energy is typically three macronutrients, and those are fat, protein, and carbohydrates. 
Each gram of fat, protein, and carbohydrates has been assigned an energy value, either in kilojoules or calories, and that makes up that arbitrary 2,000 calories or 8,600 kilojoules if you're in Australia. The other quote-unquote macronutrient, they call it macro because it's got a lot of energy, is alcohol. And alcohol provides a significant amount of energy per gram at 29 kilojoules per gram or 7 calories per gram. So it packs a punch. Whereas double-backing carbohydrates provide 4 calories per gram or 16 kilojoules per gram. Protein is the same at 16 kilojoules or 4 calories per gram. And fat is the highest at 37.7 or just round it down to 37 kilojoules per gram. Fat is about 9 calories per gram. So it is double what the carbohydrates and protein calorie or energy amounts are. And that's why you'll typically see that fat is a lot smaller in grams in terms of, you know, looking at a percentage of the macronutrient profile, if you ever calorie counted before, because it does have a higher caloric value. So if you put someone's diet, you know, in an app or a food diary, each of those carbohydrates, fat and protein for each individual food then makes up that total energy intake for the day. Now, the theory is, is that you eat less energy than your body needs and it will get that available energy from the fat stores and that will enact weight loss over time. And it's the same for weight gain. So if you are eating 3000 calories, but you only need 2000, that extra 1000 calories is going to get stored as fat. Really simplistic. That's the way it's quote unquote meant to work. In the context of bariatric surgery, we do not have any quote unquote equations that we do for the typical population who are trying to lose weight. This can be hard as you cannot even look up, you know, what my guest calories are for the day. So in practice, I tend to focus on keeping the carbohydrates to a low moderate amount and keeping the protein high, as I've discussed in previous podcasts, and then the fat sort of makes up the difference. What also can work well is if you track your calories for a period of time, using an app like Easy Diet Diary is my favorite or Bariotastic is another app. You'll find that there is a way to sort of see how much of a deficit you need to actually get some weight loss after your journey of weight loss surgery. I do not recommend calorie counting for the point of weight loss in those initial phases post-op, particularly in the first year post-op, as it isn't truly representative of how much the body actually needs. Now you'll be eating, you know, 800, 600 calories per day. And then the consequence of that would be to compensate that from the fat stores. However, it's not sustainable to eat 600 calories per day. And often if you are two, three, four years post-op, the people I see who have calorie counted, they're on above 2000 calories per day with exercise. So it's important to realize that less isn't better and it's to fuel your body for the long term and to allow you to engage in your daily activities. So 800 is usually not enough once you are at least two years post-op. If you wanted to make this work for you, the first thing I would suggest is to actually download one of these apps and don't change anything, but to actually track your current diet and what you're currently eating, how much you're eating, what are the portions, get a feel for actually measuring or using cups to measure your food and then correspond that to your weight. So has your weight been going up or has your weight been going down? And or if it's staying the same, that's you found your maintenance calories. So there's three different types of calorie intake. So you've obviously got weight gain calories to put on weight, maintenance to stay the same and weight loss categories to lose weight. 
What I then want you to do is then adjust it by 100 to 150 calories, but no more per day for a week or two. And usually it takes about two weeks to sort of see the actual change of that metabolic effect to then see how much weight did you lose or did you gain or did you stay the same? If you gained, then we need to dial it back a little bit. If you stayed the same, we might need to cut back another 50 to 100 calories per day. And if you lost considerably, stay at that until you plateau and then drop again. You always want to lose weight on the highest amount of calories possible because not only is that more sustainable, it's more fun and it's more flexible for you to eat the foods that you actually enjoy. Now, having said this with the macronutrients, another reason why I do not like using it in those real early stages is because a Mars bar may have, let's say, 200 calories, and you could allocate those calories in those early phases where you may not be as educated on the food, but 200 calories from a Mars bar is not going to give you your protein, it's not going to give you your fiber, it's not going to give you your complex carbohydrates, it's just going to count calories. On the flip side, if you are choosing to calorie count or do this macronutrient approach, I want you to focus on making sure you're hitting that protein target. Every day, I want you to hit that protein target that's been set out by your dietitian or your surgery team or what you've calculated yourself. Hit that protein target every day and then the rest tends to fall in line then you can add in that occasional, you know, Tim Tam or Mars bar or night out with your friends, because that's the beauty of the tracking the calories and the macronutrients is that it can be more flexible. You can accommodate eating out and you can accommodate the extra snack here and there, as long as it's logged. So you know the true representation of what's going in and what the results are. Again, I can't stress this enough. You still need to eat enough protein and you still need to make sure that majority of your food is coming from those real nutritious sources. That's what's gonna fuel you after the surgery. However, you can always add in those, you know, a bit of chocolate and Mars bars or Tim Tams, whatever your favorite food is without that quote unquote guilt, because not only guilt doesn't associate with food, but now that you're tracking and you're aware of it, it has a place in a balanced diet and you're more conscious of that rather than secretly eating it. I do hope that makes sense. I do find it more of a practical approach, especially if you can get over the fact that the big negatives to tracking your calories, it's timely and you do need to spend a bit of time on the app or adding recipes to make sure you get the most accurate result. The other negative is that it's not always 100% because the data that is in the app may not be correct. So it is important to bear that in mind. Adding in sauces and condiments also have calories as well. So please don't forget to add that in if you are deciding to go down this route. For the success story, I had this um, male patient. I've seen him for years. He's done really well, but up until the point where he stabilized at 100 kilos for at least 18 months. And each consult, you know, we go through the diet and tweak things and try to make things a little bit different and better. Ultimately, it wasn't working. And one day... He came to the realization that maybe he wasn't doing things as per the plan and he decided to, you know, get online and do a calorie count. So this wasn't really from my perspective because obviously anyone can falsify data to me and I completely understand that. But what's good is that they took the initiative to actually look up how many calories does a male his age and size need 
and it spat out a number. He knew the protein number from what we were talking about. And so he took that information and since March or April this year, he has lost 12 kilos. Now, dietitians can't use testimonials in our social media or, you know, podcasts, etc. But it's not a testimonial that this will definitely work for you. It's just an example of how the previous model that I was using in a consult with him didn't actually work because it was leaving out these other foods that he really enjoyed. But once he combined the two in terms of the calorie counting, tracking the protein, watching the portions and still having the fun foods that he likes to have, it was a more sustainable and helpful process that he was actually able to eat the foods he enjoys rather than XYZ because Soraya said it's good for me. So it took the power into his hands and coupled with 45 minutes of resistance training on most days, he was actually able to lose that 12 kilos. It goes to show you that no matter where you are in your journey or how many you know months it's been since you've actually lost any weight, that change can be possible as long as we are really honest, open and conscious of what we are actually eating and how little we are exercising. It really does come down to our food choices and our beliefs. Yes, there are psychological and anatomical and physiological reasons why weight regain can occur. But don't limit yourself to what you can't control. Focus on what you can control. You can control in giving it a go. You can control in tracking your macros for a period of time. It might actually give you more freedom and liberation if you haven't suffered with disordered or an eating disorder before. You might actually find it helpful and easier to, you know, eat out at sushi or Subway if you need to, because you can just track that because all of that information is in the app. I really do hope this episode has helped you sort of break down the calorie counting. Typically, I would always argue to put the protein food first and the rest fall into line. As I mentioned, this worked really well for this patient, particularly as he was able to still meet the protein targets, which he always was doing. It just gave him that flexibility to have that 115 calorie Tim Tam when he wanted to, and it was tracked and there was no guilt associated with that. So give it a go if you are interested in trying out macronutrient tracking or calorie counting, or it's also called if it fits your macros. But if you see that online, just know you still have to hit your nutrient goals for that day and your micronutrient goals, like taking your vitamins and drinking your fluids, etc., rather than just eating whatever you want and keeping it under the calories. I do hope this episode has helped resonate or give some food for thought of how you could change things up. You can't knock it till you try it. So I would encourage you to give it a go and tweak it by those calorie amounts that I had suggested. And you might be surprised about the results. Let me know if you get any good results. I'd be interested to hear how you went and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you for joining me on Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. If you would like to learn more about what I do, head to at the Bariatric Collective on Instagram or Facebook or visit us online at www.thebariatriccollective.com.au. And reach out if you need support reversing weight regain or anything related to bariatric surgery. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment to review the show if you found it helpful or share it with a few friends. I look forward to chatting with you next time.